This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to women losing their marbles. I am Joe Lipset, and I'm joined, as always, by Jen Adams. Hello. As well as Gina Radcliffe. Hello. And ladies, we are talking about physical season three, episode three, Burning Up. And uh, I'm wondering, what's your favorite type of cookie? Well, definitely types that are ice cream flavors, not cookie flavors, because <laughs> I, I don't know if I've ever eaten a strawberry cookie. Mm, mm-hmm. It it feels like a particularly diet crazy thing. Oh, right? yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And those cookies look dry as hell. Oh, uh-huh. Brought me right back to the fat free of the 80s. <laughs> Yeah, I bet you could snap those things and they would just crumble into fine dust. They're, they're basically mm-hmm. they're just basically like communion wafers. Yes, yeah. I was thinking it's a wafer. Yeah, you could probably, uh, <laughs> well, I'm not going to say you could break them up and snort them, but you probably could. Oh. <laughs> Sprinkle them on some ice cream. That would be a delicious treat. Yeah. So yum. the reason we're talking about cookies in this episode is because Sheila is kind of getting this mini empire off the ground, right? We mm-hmm. touch base with her, and she's filming the first of her weekly segments for the TV, which we have since learned gone national. So she's also making sponsorship deals. So there's a cookie company that wants to partner with her, and she and Greta get, like, really hard-nosed about the selling points. Yeah, it definitely feels like they fast forwarded through an entire season of building this. And I mean, <laughs> I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, it's like all of a sudden, like now she they just kind of casually mention that it's like, you know, part of like Good Morning America now, I think. And, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and she's being recognized on the street. And, and, you know, it's like, okay, I feel like I missed something. But, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. This is the first episode where I was like, I bet they had four or five seasons planned and they're mm. they're kind of they wanted. And I mean, I'm OK with it. I'd rather see her happy and successful than like because we've watched her struggle for a couple of seasons now. But it's it definitely has felt a little whiplashy. Yeah, it, it definitely feels like, OK, we didn't know if we were going to get a third season, but you're right. Maybe we had plans for something more. It's not to the extent that I feel like I'm actively missing plot points it just right. feels like yeah we've jumped ahead in time even though the show would have you think not that much time has actually passed yeah i mean you know, danny is still like oh yeah you know, we're getting a divorce it's like you know dude i'm divorced already mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Ooh, oh, danny. did y'all see purred from um parks and rec though in the very beginning Mm-mm. did y'all watch parks and rec you heard with no. Pert. It's the uh, the newscaster who's uh, struggling to keep up as a particularly hilarious um, newscaster. Pert happened. Oh yes, yes, from Parks and Rec. I very much enjoyed enjoyed the, that scene. I love that's him. osteoarthritis. We can work with that. <laughs> exactly. <He's> like, <laughs> <laughs> Pert Happily is one of my all time favorite side characters. So I had so much fun seeing him pop up. <laughs> Speaking of old characters, y'all catch when when Sheila invoked the name of the devil. 
She brought up Cherry. <gasps> oh, I no. missed that. Well, we'll get oh. to we'll get to that uh, in, a, in, in a little bit. But I was like, oh. no, please don't, no. don't, don't tease him coming back. Oh. Yeah, yeah. This this is an interesting episode because I really feel like we're dividing our time equally between Sheila and Danny and. Mm-hmm. The Sheila stuff is interesting because at one point early in the episode, I thought, man, she's really got to fuck somebody soon. Like, she just needs to <laughs> get out and there. Not, and, not, and not John Breen. And not John Breen, right? yeah. Yeah. And then lo and behold, yeah, as you said, Jen, she gets recognized when she goes to this restaurant. She apparently has the most orgasmic tomato she's ever had. And then she's fucking this restaurateur by the end of the episode. Yeah, he's a, a. Is he a restaurateur? Is he just a produce man? Not, not just a produce man. A, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you besmirch the, <laughs> the produce? Yeah, oh, yeah. He's got a big, um, big box full of eggplant for her. I believe. Oh my god! Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize to everyone. <laughs> you should. <laughs> eat one of those eat one of those cookie those diet cookies and say ten Hail Marys as your pen in my corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do think you're right. I mean, this is an interesting sort of fun scene because mm-hmm. she gets basically hit on by this bartender who she doesn't really want to interact with. So she's already at a certain level of, you know what? I don't want to be bothered. I kind of hate men right now. And then this guy <laughs> sidles up to the bar, but lo and behold, he's actually kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's sort of not not really forcing her to eat, but encouraging her to eat, mm-hmm. which is two different, very distinct things, particularly with someone with an eating disorder. Right, and mm-hmm. he's actually you know agreeing with her that a lot of the you know, that it's hard to select something in a restaurant because everything is if you're trying to watch your weight, whether in a healthy way or not. I mean, he doesn't know obviously that she's had problems with this, but it you know it's it's hard to choose something that isn't covered in like sauces and oil and stuff right. like that. So him encouraging her to try an, unad- an unadorned vegetable, <laughs> and and her realizing, yeah, wow. This tastes just fine on its own, which is true. I yeah, mean, yeah. y'all ever had a really good tomato? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I haven't I haven't had an orgasm over it, but they're pretty fucking good <laughs> when they're just when they're just perfectly ripe. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, I mean, maybe you put a little salt on it. That's really mm-hmm. all you need. Oh yeah, a little olive oil. I used to have tomato toast with just a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of salt, and just really fresh tomato. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like the exercise she was doing at the recovery center with the orange, you know, where she's really focusing on the food. I was a little bit like in my notes, I was writing, okay, do back off. Like, if she doesn't want to talk to you, that's okay. Because she is very clearly saying no. But then Mm -hmm. he kind of won me over later where he was like, you didn't tell me your name. You don't have to, but you didn't. And I was like, okay, I'm going to give him a little bit of grace. And I ended up liking him, so... He does feel like a very different kind of man than Mm -hmm. we're used to seeing on the show. Like, it's not, it's a confidence without the cockiness. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if we contrast that with someone like, oh gosh, like Jerry, or (laughs) the person that I think Danny thinks he's becoming like in some ways this man is smoother he did remind me a little bit of john bream he's got that kind of polish to him but he does seem so much more grounded yeah well and he says uh, pleasure is simple and i think 
you know, I don't know in the long term if he's the right person for her, but I think he's the kind of person she needs right now because what she wants is to get in touch with what she actually likes. I was really kind of moved by her. I don't know what I like. I don't know what food tastes good to me because I've spent Mm -hmm. my entire life just trying to control it and trying to remove my emotions from it. And I thought that was, this feels like the right person for her to be dating right now, as opposed to somebody like John Bream, who was fun, but was never going to lead to anything good, you know? Right. And this does feel like a nice continuation of what those first two episodes explored, right? Mm -hmm. Where Sheila is actively trying to make her own decisions. You know, she talked about cooking meat and letting Maya decide whether or not she was going to have any. And here it's like she's actively making decisions about what do I like? Who am I as a person? And I thought it was interesting how the depiction of Kelly started to change, like the manifestation, where in some ways, she's not just the harpy who's belligerently berating Sheila. She also has moments where she's like, you should get a new car because this car is Danny's car and it doesn't reflect who you are. Mm. Yeah, she's doing a little bit. She's kind of acting as a kind of classic you know, angel and devil on her shoulder. Definitely. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think maybe we will see her either start to kind of mutate into something that can actually help Sheila. Or as we see at the very end, she pushes her in the shower and just closes the door and walks away. So, (laughs) you know, I I enjoyed that. I also noticed that most of, you you know, kind of projecting her original inner voice onto another person the only other person she's really, you know, not particularly nice about is Danny. Like right. she, she does not say anything more about like, but like when she first when she first met, um, my God, I just think the, Greta. The, Greta, yeah, I just suddenly forgot. I remember the actress's name. I couldn't remember the character's name. Like she was very unkind in her own internal monologue to Greta. Right. But you know, this other self says nothing bad about Greta, which which you mm-hmm. know, kind of to me, you know, without even Sheila even realizing it, you know, you know that's comes as close as she can get to showing affection for someone. In that, you know, you know, shouldn't necessarily have anything nice to say about her, but shouldn't have anything mean to say about her either. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because in some ways, as you were saying that, Gina, I thought to myself, oh, you know, it's because she's finally starting to narrow the focus down to her. But then I realized there's a good version of that and a bad version of that because we see in therapy, like these sessions that she's holding in the garage with the other women, I finally realized her friend's name from therapy. It's Harriet. And Harriet says, you know, like after Danny walks in on them, Harriet says, you know, maybe we should think about getting somewhere else because this is uncomfortable for the other women. And Sheila's like, well, I like it just fine. Blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's all about her. She's not listening to Harriet. She's not interested in the experiences of the other women. So I I do love that Sheila isn't just miraculously cured and she's a great human being now. It's like, well, she's still kind of narcissistic and self-centered. You know, absolutely <laughs> very self-centered i mean that's I, I don't think that's actually i don't think that's actually going to change by the end of the episode by the end of the series i don't think so either yeah yeah the question and- is whether it destroys her 
Mm, yeah. Yeah. Because in that scene, the very first scene of the series, which we are now seeing in this set. Mm-hmm. So we know we're getting closer. Like she was very cruel to everyone around her. And I could see, right. you know, at first I think I was thinking, oh, look, she's hosting a group. And I do think that's great. And she does seem to be getting a lot out of this group. And it seems to be a safe space most of the time. (laughs) But I think I have been really focused on what this group is doing for her. And I think you're both right. Like she's not the only person in this group and it's not all about her. And I think she is a very strong leader. And I wonder if her control over food is going to morph into control over people in a more Mm -hmm. visible way, you know? Yeah. I mean, she, she's apparently, you know, very worried about what, getting out that she's in therapy would do to her image and it's like yeah. Sheila right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're an exercise you're an exercise instructor you know <laughs> like, right also like you don't have to put a sign on the door that says what the group is you know you can right. just show up and it's fine <laughs> you know you could say it was for anything you could say it was for like uh, you know divorced anonymous or whatever yeah, you know I mean, knitting. Right. just say it's a knitting circle yeah i mean yeah. it's <laughs> I mean, I realized that at the time, yeah, yeah, it was probably a little something to be ashamed of, but it seems like she's kind of sure. putting the the the, uh, the cart before the horse a little bit and, and you know, worry, well, how is this going to affect my image? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's more just about control because it's when... when yeah, it's oh, yeah, yeah, you're house, absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah, right, yeah. She can control it. Because, I mean, they we're coming out of the 70s with the consciousness raising meetings, too, right. so she could easily claim it's that, but... She can control who comes in and out of her house, unless it's Danny. And I did enjoy that <laughs> that moment of uh, Roy Scovell's. I just love his comedic timing. I think I really am enjoying him this season. Well, why don't we introduce Danny's storyline for this episode? So Sheila decides she needs more time for herself. And Gina, I immediately thought of you because you love how Sheila treats Maya. So the idea that she's like, here, Danny, you can have 50-50 custody, principally just because she wants more time for herself. Oh, oh, they're they're both like you know, parents of the year, right? I, know. <laughs> I mean, I think I think I think Danny like is on like day three of parenting Maya, and he's just had it. He's done, and you know mm-hmm. he wants he wants to do his little jogging and you know hang out with this you know with this you know all the single gals at the pool, and it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah. Well, I would love to see. I, I kind of hope they don't, but it would be interesting to see like a, a twenty year time jump to to see how all this ultimately affects Mike. Because she she actually seems better now than than when they were still together, which is which is interesting and accurate to be you know. As speaking of someone whose parents were divorced, you know, like I, I think I think it was uh, I don't remember which scene what she had. I think where she was screaming sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you know now mm-hmm. now she seems calmer and happier, right. and, and does not seem to openly prefer one parent over the other, uh, which you know God bless you know I mean neither yeah. neither of them deserve her. I mean, I fully anticipate that Maya is going to be going to Fatal Attraction School with Ellen, and they're going to be, like, doing video recordings of, like, hello, professor, I would like to sleep with you. Joe, you took the words out of my mouth. Yes, that is definitely what is in store for Miss Maya. Yeah, I mean, she's going to grow up with some daddy issues and mommy issues. She's got the whole kit and caboodle. 
Yeah, I, I would watch a spin-off show 100% where it's like basically that like Gabriel Byrne in in treatment TV show only it's like mm-hmm. her as a therapist literally just working through her parent issues with all of her clients. You just find, you just find out that she like moved in with Greta and Ernie at some point. Right. <laughs> oh god. Oh. <laughs> Although really they're not any better at this point, so. No. Oh, yeah. yeah, you missed it last week, Gina, when you got cut off, but uh, Jen and I spent a little bit of time talking about just the kind of like flip-flop action that we go back and forth with Ernie on where, you know, oh, things are right in the bedroom, but now as soon as Greta starts to get a foothold in the professional realm, you can see that Ernie is so visibly threatened. And I don't know if this relationship is going to last because this new Greta, I don't think is going to stand for it. Don't don't get involved in businesses with your spouses. Just don't mm-hmm. do it. You not with your spouse, not your siblings, not with anybody that like you, you know, cannot stand to lose in your life. Just don't yep. do it. Mm-hmm. Risky venture. I was really pissed at Ernie in this episode. I mean Ernie you know, you know I'm torn between because Ernie, you know, as as providing the seed money does get to have a say, but sure. yes. he he's, you know, obviously going about it in the completely wrong and, and needlessly aggressive way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like he wants to be partners with Greta no. at all. He wants to be, you know, physical partners, romantic partners, as long as she'll do the wife stuff. And then mm-hmm. he has somebody to take to dinners, and I'm probably projecting a little bit of the John Bream stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he like I feel like they have a foundation that they could or I was thinking they had the kind of relationship where they could be good and effective business partners and he mm-hmm. is just letting me down every time it's driving me nuts and I wonder especially when I see how well Sheila and Greta are working together right. and how much happier Sheila seems to be now that she's on her own I wonder mm-hmm. if Greta is going to start thinking oh maybe this is an option for me too you know yeah, and, and you could say that, oh, well, you know, Greta's kind of helpless because she depends on Ernie for everything. Well, so does Sheila, depending on, right. you know, Danny right. for a long time. She's managed to, she's close to thriving now. Well, once they get this cookie money. <laughs> yes, that's why the cookie sales are so important, right? And in in some ways, it almost feels like we got that moment before we realize how much Greta might need for it to happen. Like, in the way the show presents it, it seems like, oh, that's the inciting incident that is going to drive the conflict in her marriage. But I think the reality is, is that she's starting to realize she's really good at this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, it's really Ernie's problem. That's not yeah. a Greta problem. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if Ernie would be able to accept her as, you know, an equal partner in all ways, they would actually probably have, you know, a lot of booming endeavors. Right. Yeah, Yeah. well, and it almost feels, too, like she is wanting this deal so she can separate from him. And he, so it's it's kind of what I was saying earlier, like, he doesn't want to be partners with her, but also he doesn't want her to be more successful than him or to succeed at all. And, I mean, I think we've learned in past seasons that he is extremely successful. So I don't know Mm -hmm. where the ceiling is, but I think he wants to be the man in the relationship. And I don't think Mm -hmm. I had realized how much he needed that before now. Yeah. So speaking of fragile little men and the wives (laughs) who are not putting up with their shit, how much did we... (laughs) Right? Sorry, I got too excited. 
I, I do want to say that I, I feel like this plot has kind of overstayed its welcome at this point. Okay. Uh, because I just think I just think there's no I mean and uh, granted, this is only the third episode. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the end of last season kind of teased that Sheila and John Breen would at least collaborate on getting information, you know, against their They were going to be enemies. in each other's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, she did get that the, the piece of information about, uh, what well, it wasn't her rival, we'll get Kelly. But you know, Maria was there and kind of just, you know, yeah, no, this is, you know, we're not going to keep doing this. And. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, what more do we need to do with this character? Because I feel like this this is kind of almost like a horror movie in setting up. Mm. I, I mean, if this, if, this, if, this, if this series doesn't end up with her just plunging a knife into his chest, I'll be, right? I'll be shocked. I mean, she every time she looks at him, there is murder in her eyes. And oh and, and, and he's not looking at her with you any, anything less than that. I it just like, this is a true crime documentary just waiting to happen. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, Netflix has already optioned the rights for this, even though Netflix <laughs> is not a thing in 1984. And, you know, when he's like, he's like, when he, what he says to like, they're like apparently household staff of like uh-huh. four, four people going around this this house were like, you know, well, okay, I know that they have the the, the baby who's supposed to be like, I think she's like special needs or something. Right. She's so mm-hmm. premature. But like, he's like, I have a word alone. I was like, like he's gonna beat her. Mm-hmm. And he do- he doesn't, but the the you know you can kind of feel that tension. Oh yeah, well, and it's so weird to me. I mean, obviously, she does not help John Bream in this dinner meeting with this guy from the Olympic Committee or whatever we're meant to believe no, John Bream is, is working on. Not but at the same it time, I don't believe for a second that her outburst about the wine is wholly responsible for him getting assigned to no, the potty no, duty. No, 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 it is Absolutely not. No, I mean, you know, I, it's, it's weird. Like, he, like, you know, since he had, I guess you, if you want to call it his nervous breakdown, right. like, he mm-hmm. just seems like a different person in a bad way. Like, he, yeah. he's very he's very stiff. He's, he's not engaging anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at him now, you're like, this guy was some kind of, like, big local business magnet? I mean, I... I don't get that impression at all. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Joe, that, that it's you know not Maria's fault. I mean, she didn't help, but, yeah. but I don't think that was the sole reason. And also, thank you very much. Providing porta-potties to, to the Olympic Stadium. Oh, essential. Essential. That is going to make so much money. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 And that's the thing people are going to remember because they had to go and they found a place. Thanks, John Breen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like if you put up a building or something, or if because what does he want to do? He wants to provide some kind of athlete's village, which, yeah. as we all know, is a thing that happens with the Olympics. But like, can you tell me the name of someone who builds one of those? Probably right, not. That's not. And that's not going to help the, the the hundreds of thousands of tourists that are going to come into the city to mm-hmm. watch the Olympics. You know, I, I mm-hmm. would say that that providing the toilets is 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 you know more important than what he wanted to do. Yeah, but he wants to be known. You know. Yes, and and he doesn't want his name associated with literal shit, right? Like, yeah. Even though you're right, Gina, there's tons of money, and it's going to be the thing that all of the people who attend the Olympics would need to use. Mm-hmm. There's no star power there, and this is a man. Who needs to be a star, right? He's a local celebrity, ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he lost his charisma at some point. He has he no did. charisma he lost left. His mojo. 
it really feels like he lost it and his empathy when that crisis with the baby happened. And again, you could argue, oh, the show has maybe done some gentle retcon with this character in between seasons, because he does seem different, colder, dispassionate, and so on. But I mean, it's episode three, we've still got seven more episodes. So I, I agree with you, Gina, that I don't want seven more episodes of this, but I am curious to see what his arc is going to be for the season. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm willing to give it a chance. I just feel like, you know, it, it, is, it feels like it's running out of steam to me. Yeah, we can't do five more episodes with her doing outbursts. Right. Unless those outbursts lead her to Sheila. If that doesn't happen, if they don't mm. become like best aerobics friends, I don't care about this. Although I feel like there's something that's going to align with either him and Danny or him and Sheila with the Olympics, because that's going to be like his anti porta potty plan to be a star. (laughs) Um, But I think a lot of this had to do with when his wife stopped kissing his ass all the time, you know, like he was getting this constant stream of approval at home. And now that she's like, uh, you did three things that humiliated me, then Things are going to have to change. I think that's a big part of why he's lost his his assholeness too, you know. <laughs> Ever since he stopped getting his ass kissed, he's become more of an asshole. Is that what exactly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happens. <laughs> it all comes back to shit, John Bream. Just embrace it. It does, you know. <laughs> Okay, so one sort of other tease, and I feel like this is maybe a transition into where we think the show might go next, but we do get the appearance of a character I'm pretty sure we have never referenced before, but we do see Danny call his baby sister Deb, who is played by Happy Endings Casey Wilson, and we get the impression she's at either some kind of like women's dormitory or maybe just out of prison or something. But he basically (laughs) says like, I've got grass and I will give it to you if you come and babysit my child. Did y'all think he was calling Jerry for a minute? I did. (laughs) He, like I said, the the part that she brings up uh, Jerry is she has like blackmail material on him. And it's like, Mm -hmm. Uh like, come on, come on, Sheila. It's like, you can blackmail Danny for. I mean, like, like wild, right? But but he he like he apparently like like ratted out some friends in college mm-hmm. and got and yes. got it and got a deal for uh, getting lesser jail time or like probation or something for something he could have gotten ten years in a federal prison for. Which sounds very Danny, if we're being it honest. It does sound oh, very yeah. Danny, uh-huh. but also also I'm not sure how Jerry wouldn't know that, right? Mm. That it was Danny that turned on him. But I'm like, I swear to Christ, if you find a way to bring Jerry back with this, <laughs> I'm going to be so mad. I almost said, you know, Jerry's not stupid. He can figure that out. And then I was like, oh, and then, well, hmm. well, then he is. <laughs> Here's the thing. We'll bring Jerry back for like one cameo appearance. He'll open his mouth and then Maria will be on like a crazed bender and she'll think she's hitting John Breen, but she actually runs over. Oh, I wish that would be amazing. It'd be like a five star television series for me. Mm -hmm. Also, I think I just turned this into a soap opera, but (laughs) that's fine. And then Greta gets possessed next season. It's all nuts. I did really enjoy Danny's struggle through parenthood this week. And I just wrote in my notes, yeah, it's fucking hard, Danny. 
Yeah, you can't go running when you want to because you have exactly. a child. You can't do everything you want. And I loved this mom that he meets, this <laughs> pumping lady. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel her pain. The old school breast pump, my God. Oh she's my like, God. Where she's going through all that and like pouring out like, like barely a thimble of breast milk. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember how much I hated mine. Woo. And mine was nice and fancy and like worked. And that thing looks like a nightmare. Mine was electric and it still was like a Ooh. drag. Yeah. My friend would be like, it screams my name at night. Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, the uh, hand pump looks ooh. like so much work for so little result. Yeah, I agree. Although I will say kudos to Danny for not being upset uh-huh. or off-put by somebody doing that in the workplace, you know? Mm-hmm. But of course, even if he did, he would pretend like he was okay with it because he's so progressive. True. <laughs> <laughs> I do love her line, though. Noah gets me through the day. The fact that one day I'll be sucked dry and it'll all be over. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, my God, it's so girl. dark. It's like, oh, you have postpartum depression. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of someone who also needs to be in therapy, this woman. Ooh, I know. (laughs) Okay, so coming up on episode four, what do we think is going to happen? What was, did we, did we catch the name of the produce guy? I think it's Carlos, but I can't be 100% sure. Okay, I I think that she, you know, is going to very very tentatively enter into a relationship with carlos and mm-hmm. again as with as with everything else in her life she's not going to know what to do with herself with the mm-hmm. possibility of feeling happy and right. is probably going to almost certainly jeopardize it at some point yes yeah maybe it'll be hot though and we'll be oh, it'll definitely, be, it'll definitely, be, it'll definitely be, be hot, but, you know, on a physical yeah. level, but emotionally is where she's going to have the, the problems. Right. Yeah. Opening herself up to this. She guy. can't even, she can't even yeah. take it. Like she winces when her kid tells her that she loves her. <laughs> I know. And I'm still curious about who this male person who wanted to join the group was. We haven't heard that yet and maybe it feels like they're inching towards putting the group in a new location which i think would make it easier for somebody new to show up so i'm curious mm-hmm. who this is going to be because i don't think they would have just dropped that in you know yeah it's, it's interesting so gina we speculated because the man's name is referenced as jim we thought maybe it was going to be john bream but i feel like that would be too obvious that's too i think, I think that's too forced i, I yeah. don't know that i mean it, it would suggest there's like only one like like group therapy place in los angeles and that that's that's a little implausible i think well yeah. we've seen no indication that he struggles with food so i don't no 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 but yeah i'll be curious jen i i feel like it is something that they just dropped in to kind of show that sheila is in control of this group which is what mm. we saw continue this week but I mean, it would provide some interesting avenues if she last suddenly has to deal with a man because really her storyline is about getting her to open up to other men in her Mm -hmm. life and be more approachable to women as part of her job and so on. Yeah. Uh, what? Wait, just a quick question. What was the name of the Richard Simmons guy from last season? Oh, I just had it up. It's Bar... Vinnie Green. No, they, well, well, the actor is Murray Bartlett. What was the name of the character? 
Vinny Green. Vinny Green. Oh, okay. Yes. And for a second, I thought I was thinking it was Jimmy Green, and I'm like, Jimmy could Green. it be oh. him? But, oh. but no, it's not him. Not him. No, unfortunately, I don't think they were able to get Marie Bartlett back, mm-hmm. either that, or they... they maybe took that storyline as far as they wanted to because it does feel like where they might have gone with him has now been subsumed by kelly yeah and i think i would prefer vinny (laughs) i i you know i know we're winding down but maybe next episode i'd like to talk a little bit about how we're feeling about kelly because i'm interested to see how this character evolves in the next few episodes. Right. If at all, because it's not a character. The problem is, is that it's just Sheila's voice. It's an aspect of Sheila. Yeah, this is all Sheila's perception of what yeah. what she's like. And that's where I, I think ultimately where it's going to play out. I think, Jen, in episode one, you had suggested that Sheila is never actually going to meet her at all. Yeah. That, you know, there's mm-hmm. kind of a, there's kind of a, you know, a setup or, you know, this big clash where, you know, they're going to be in the same place together and they're just going to be shooting daggers at each other. I think that that is very likely, but also I think that if they do meet that Kelly could actually try to be very nice uh-huh. or, or, or as, you know, struggling with the same issues that, 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 that Sheila has been with, you know, insecurity and, and, body image and and issues with food i think she's just going to be you know not at all what sheila expects her to be right. i think so too and maybe they'll be best friends and do aerobics together let's not take it that far <laughs> i think at the most it's going to teach sheila not to you know not to make pro- assumptions pro- project yes. her own you know issues onto other people and assume the very worst of them in all situations right yeah, yeah. sheila sheila would never do that <laughs> Not but I kind of, but I actually kind of like, I actually kind of like the 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 idea that they they'll never actually meet in in, in real uh-huh. life. I think that I think that's mm-hmm. I think that'll be a pretty clever way to go about it. That she's just sort of like, you know, sort of like uh, uh, when you when you date someone and they and they have this this ex and they kind of talk up the ex. You have this kind of inflated uh-huh. image of them, and that but you never actually meet them, so it's never you know you never actually know if mm-hmm. they live up or live down to your image of them right yeah yeah it'll be curious to see if we do build up to some kind of special event where the two women might come into proximity with one another i'm in agreement i don't actually think that they'll ever meet but they might get close in person but i feel like the story is really going to be driving towards the olympics and i don't know if that is going to provide some kind of crossover with kelly but i feel like those are two distinct things yeah i agree I'm interested to see where the Olympics go too, because mm-hmm. that I feel well, like that's going, going to be shit. the pinnacle. Yeah, <laughs> John Bream branded shit too. There we go. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's shitting on a gold mine. I'm sorry, <laughs> nobody's got. <laughs> you are on fire. I know, but um, bing. <laughs> well, I can't top that. So, uh, <laughs> Gina. If people wanted to talk to you about John Bream's million dollar shit, how would they get in touch? I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast. I also write about movies and television at thespool.net. I have a Substack. Gina watches things and I am on Blue Sky if you're there. Uh, also under Gina does things. All right. And Jen. 
Uh, you can find me at Jim Ferratu on Instagram, Twitter, I guess, and Blue Sky. Thank you, Gina, for the code. Um, <laughs> and you can find me hosting the Losers Club podcast, the Girls on the Boys podcast, and writing various places that I will post on my socials. There we go. People can get in touch with me at B Stole My Remote, and that's the letter B. And of course, we'll thank the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for hosting the show, as well as many others. But ladies, we will be back next week to talk about Physical Season 3, Episode 4. But uh, yeah, you know, until then, just appreciate the idea that you could go running and just do what you want, because... <laughs> That's the real dream, isn't it? Exactly. Find something beautiful in it. <laughs> God, what a loser. Be blessed. <laughs> <laughs>